Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Steve Littman. I'm joined by Emily Cannell uh, and a special guest to start the podcast here, Drew Peltzman, uh, because the uh, this is breaking news. Uh, Sixers are out of the season, uh, the basketball playing part of the season, because they've lost uh, too many games at this point in the playoffs. They lost four of them in their second round series. Now, a little behind the curtain here, uh, we at Gastro Blues Incorporated decided to send Drew uh, as a thank you for all of his hard work uh, to game six uh, of, of Sixers Heat uh, because we love Drew because he does a lot of work for us and, and he does such a good job. Now, uh, we meant this as a good thing. We, we were thinking that this would be um, a positive thing to do for him rather than a punishment. Mm. Um, lo and behold, this ended up being uh, bad, uh, but I wanted to uh, to get start this off by getting uh, Emily and Drew's perspective from the stands at Game Six. Uh, Emily and Dan and Drew were there in the stands, not all sitting together, because I, I believe Dan and Drew were sitting together, and Emily was sitting uh, courtside. But I want to hear, like always, uh, right? Like always, <laughs> next half night, uh, I want to hear. There were Heat fans in M night seat at Game Six. I don't know. I wanted a full investigation launched into that. But. That's a twist. And um, I do <laughs> want to know uh, basically what it was like. You know, fans of the podcast know that last year we took in Game Five. We can't go to games anymore. Can't go, no more games. Uh, we took in Game Five of the Hawk series, which was horrible. Um, so Drew, just uh, you know. What did you think of this experience and uh, what was it like being in the crowd to watch the Sixers just absolutely fold um, against the Heat? Well, let me uh, first say that I was very grateful for the gift of going to this game. Um, at the end, I wouldn't call it grateful. I was just happy I got through it. Um, Dan was great. We were having a blast until about the third quarter when the Heat started playing basketball in the second half and the Sixers did not. And that was it when was I two point two point game going into second half, right? Yeah, it was it was really close. And then I look up 
me and Dan look up, it is not a two-point game. And it got to a point, and Emily, you could speak on this, where it felt like the crowd was working harder than every single player on the team. And for like multiple occasions on multiple plays where the crowd was feeling the momentum more than any single player, including Maxi, which really surprised me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's like we were really trying to will them in to the game to do something and they weren't feeling it. I think for a short period of time, Shake was really feeling it. I feel like he was trying to help us out there at the end. Jake had, I think, seven straight points or something in the third quarter or something like that. Yeah, there was like a point in the third quarter. I think there was like four minutes left in the third and the Sixers had scored like four points in the whole quarter. It was like truly like awful to watch. I've never seen a team like just look at rebounds, bounce next to them and not move. It was, it was like every offensive rebound we gave up was like, like a little kid, like running away from their parent. You're just like, come on, let's get it together. Let's box out. Let's stay close to your man. And they just got really distracted, went off to the playground and did not want to play basketball. Like staying on this, just like the in arena atmosphere before we move on to like what actually happened and the quotes and all of that like you could feel it uh just watching on tv that like any four-point run from the Sixers where they lucked into a stop and a rebound the crowd was desperate to will them back into the game but they just didn't have it and and also they didn't have any juice whatsoever to get back into the game like We'll talk about the quotes and the toughness and the energy and the trying, but like it's unbelievable that that happened. And like, I imagine it was very palpable in the arena, like what was happening there. And did it just feel completely over by the time the fourth quarter started? Like, did it feel like we're fucked? Because, because I think it was like five minutes left in the third quarter that I was watching the game and I was like, they don't have a comeback in them. Like, like with Joel looking the way that he looked, which like God love him, he was he was he fell on the ground a hundred times in that game. Like he just he couldn't do it by himself, and he wasn't getting any help. And like it just felt like they could not do it, and they weren't putting in anywhere close to like the effort, and the crowd couldn't get him there. So like Emily, is that the way it felt to you from from the stands? Yeah, there was. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, I still had a little bit of hope. I was like, well, we've blown leads bigger than this. Like, maybe this is, like, a miraculous thing that's going to happen. Like, maybe, like, we're going to get, like, a fourth quarter maxi or, like, that, like, what is it, game two or or whatever, the one one where Harden, like, lost his mind. Like, maybe, like, it's just, yeah, like, if it's, you know, 12 points, that's, like, four three-pointers. Like, if you get hot, like, it could happen. But it just, it did not happen. And I mean, I like had a terrible feeling about the game the whole day. Like I was just doing a lot of like groaning in general. Um, I tried to leave early, but Jordy wouldn't let us. He said, we've already, there. he's like, cause everyone started to leave. And I was like, can we just leave? And he was like, no, now we've already missed like the traffic bonus of leaving early. So we might as well just stay till the end and just like really stick it to ourselves. But yeah, the crowd tried, 
the players didn't. And then at a certain point, everyone just kind of like turned against them as we are one to do. Because they got fucking killed in game five. I mean, game five was a no contest. Yeah. And you were just kind of thinking like, all right, like I hope this is just like a mulligan on the road, beat him at home again, and then anything can happen in game seven. But like that obviously wasn't a good sign. Uh, and you were, you know, as a fan, you were just hoping like they'll regroup at home because they just beat him twice at home. Um, and like handedly, they weren't like really yes. close games. They look great. Right. No, no. And coming out of game four, I was like, I feel like they figured it out. Like with Joel, I feel like they figured them out and they're about to win two more. Um, but, it, you know, Drew, any final thoughts from the stands here from game six? Um, I mean, obviously, when Danny went down, they kind of um, yeah. took took the air out of the arena. And I think right. like. I'm not one for those like, oh, if you're one of your leaders goes down, like, I feel like you could also rally around that as much as it could hurt you. But it really seemed like it hurt them. And that's something I can't blame the Sixers for. But that's, that's all for my second deck point of view. Thank you, Dan and the gang. Thanks, buddy. Uh, The Danny, the Danny Green thing is, is definitely real. I mean, Danny, it was a tough injury, t- terrible timing for him to tear his ACL uh, on the last game of the season. And yeah, then that fifth starter thing was impossible because then you're putting somebody else on the court who sucks at something so badly. You know, whether it's Korkmaz who can't defend anyone and shot like 25% for free all year. Um, Matisse can't play offense whatsoever um, and was just completely in his own head ever since the vaccination stuff. You know, he had like two good defensive plays when they put him in, and I was like, okay, this, and then he just stopped. stopped. I don't stop completely unplayable in the second half at all. Um, and uh, you know, Shake had a little run there, but it was like, you know, Joel couldn't do it, you know, in game six, he just did not have it in the tank. You know, Harden was completely missing in action, just gone just absolutely inexcusably gone nowhere nowhere could not find it. 11 points none in the second half like it was insane he took no shots in the fourth quarter like uh i'll get to the quotes but like anything else that uh that that sticks out to you from this you know Maxie was inconsistent uh, you know he's 21 he'll get way better i'm thrilled with his season but they needed more from him you know in these last two games they didn't get it he, he's lower on my list of things I'm mad about, you know, because of we're grading on a curve with him. But of course I would have liked him to be better. Um, and all the bench guys were bad. You know, Miang didn't hit a shot for, you know, the playoffs and, um, and that a lot of that's on Maury, you know, the fact that their, you know, roster is not good enough. Uh, uh, you know, I'll get into the quotes, but anything else on your thoughts from, from game six, uh, you know, X's and O's wise. Yeah, I just, I don't think they, I don't know, don't know if it was because they didn't have any juice in the tank or what, but they were just like, not aggressive at all. The amount of times that I just watched someone like Harden bring up the ball and then everyone just stand around and I'm like, this guy doesn't even have that good of a handle. So like, why are we letting him do this? He had like the, some of the worst turnovers I've ever seen in my life. And 
they just would just not move at all. And it was so frustrating. And they, I think they shot like seven free throws or something crazy for the whole game. So I feel like that there is telling that we're not like driving. We're not being, aggr- they weren't being aggressive at all. And I just, it was just like so frustrating to watch. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, Joel didn't really get to the line. I think he had four free throws, Harden had zero. Um, like, what are you doing? That's like, and it wasn't even like the refereeing, like there weren't like a, like blatantly missed calls. There was like some bad calls that shouldn't have been called, but like, what are you doing? Drive to the heard hoop, it, like heard let them hit you. After the game on the lack of attempts in the second half, we run our offense. The ball just didn't get back to me. Like what? What does that mean? He plays point guard. <laughs> he held the ball all the time. Like, that's complete – like, just say you were terrible. Say you were terrible. Say the hamstring. You need to get healthier. Like, whatever. But, like, ugh. Yeah. Don't think it back to you. Like, say you didn't want the ball. Like, ugh. It's just like, you know, he was was terrible. Terrible. He was really bad. Um, Doc Rivers, after the game (laughs) – who, who and we'll talk about him a lot, but get him the fuck out of here. You know, uh, we've been we've been closer to the neutral to positive on Doc since I think he's been here, but I'm out. I'm I'm all the way out. Yeah, that's Doc bad. said. Uh, I came to the conclusion at the end of this game that we were just not good enough to beat Miami. Oh, I'm glad it took you till the end of the game to figure Thanks, it out. Maybe you should have figured it out. Saw the scoreboard. <laughs> Or like figured it out a little bit earlier so you could have, well, any other coach could have made an adjustment. Doc's not really into those too much, but. Uh, Doc said, "Um, I don't worry about my job. I think I do a terrific job. If you don't, then you should write it. I worked my butt off to get this team here. When I first got here, no one picked us to be anywhere. Again this year, the same thing. Like, it's not true. Like he didn't come into this franchise that like nobody was picking anywhere. The Sixers were main, making the playoffs when he got here and they haven't gotten out of the second round. Like he did this yeah. last year too, where he was like, I'm not going to talk about this season as a failure. Like, yes, it was like, now he can say our best player had injuries. And if Joel was healthy, we think we would have beat this team. And like, that's, fair and i still think they should fire doc because there are multiple reasons that they should fire doc but like this is not like wow what an amazing job doc did to get through toronto and to you know go six with miami like come on like this is ridiculous yeah and i think he's i mean part of and it's a daryl problem and a doc problem but i just think that there's all of these guys on all of these other teams, like the Bucks and the Heat that are like guys that have been developed, like bench role players that have been developed. And we just do this thing where Doc doesn't, he likes to say that they don't practice, like maybe you should. And develop these younger guys. And instead of playing like, you know, Paul Millsap at that backup center at the end of the season, like maybe we should have been playing B-ball Paul or well, Bassey was hurt, but like give these guys run in games during the regular season. Like 
their seed was not in jeopardy. Like we always were going to make the playoffs. So like use the regular season to develop these guys and get these guys minutes so that you have some type of a bench to fall back on. And you don't need to try and run Joel and beat into the ground when he's like concussed and has a broken face. Like that's what coaches need to do. And I don't, what he's, what does he do? I'm not, I don't get it. Like X's and O's wise in the playoffs. I don't think he coached bad playoff series really. Like I think he, he was mainly fine, but Tobias Harris after the game asked about what went wrong in the second half. He starts with this truth, truthfully, just a lack of effort on our part. Like that's unacceptable. It seems like everybody quit on, on Doc or on each other, and that has to start with the coach. And a lot of guys are talking about the lack of toughness and how Miami's just like a whole different breed of team. Now, part of that, which Joel talked about, is like the guys that they have. Like Miami just has a bunch of like motherfuckers who are like tough to play against. And like, that's true. Like they do have a bunch of guys who are built way differently mentally and physically than the Sixers do. But also like the clips going around of like them just not even trying once they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. It's like insane. They're at home. It's an elimination game. And it seems like everybody but Joel and Maxi is just on autopilot, not giving a shit. And I just don't know how you look at this and be like, no, we're just going to return the coach and the, and the same core players and be like, no, I think it'll be fine. Like, I don't get it. And we'll talk more about the sort of doc staying or going thing and what we believe. Harden, this is another thing that we'll talk about, he, on whether or not he's going to opt in. Harden just said, I'll be here. Harden is a, like a $47 million player option. He goes on to say that he'll do whatever it takes to help the team grow uh, in terms of whether or not he would take less money. He's not getting a max contract anymore, uh, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, I still think he's going to want a lot of money. Um, what do you think about the effort thing? Like, I just can't believe we're talking about effort with a team that just lost game six at home in the second round when like their best player was very clearly going like crazy to do everything. And, you know, I just can't believe that effort was an issue. At yeah. This and level. Not even like to pull the, like you play a game for a living, but like you play basketball for a living. Like your job is just to try hard and like get to play a game and make millions of dollars. And you have this arena of people that like, are rooting for you and doing everything they can and you're just like not trying and then also like openly admitting that that was the problem afterwards like we just didn't try hard enough like we don't we're not tough like then get tough I don't know what I can't do that for you but like I can't make them it's really frustrating when it feels like the fans want it for the players more than the players want it for themselves and not to say that like fans, obviously we want them to win and like have invested a lot in the team, but like they've got to want to win. And if they don't, there's nothing you can do about that. And I do think it comes from just like the culture and coaching. I was thinking about it, like these guys, and there's been a lot of talk about the like in-game mic'd up where Doc Rivers is just asking everybody to try and in the mic'd up section. And then I was thinking about how at the end of the Pelican Sun series, how everyone on the Suns was like, and Willie Green was so emotional and it was like such a big thing. And he's like, not even their coach anymore. And they still like 
not that they didn't want they like the Suns obviously wanted to win the series but like they have so much love for that guy and I'm like no one is doing that on this team for Doc like they have there's no like no one's fighting for the coach at all like not that it they need you but just like there's no love there there's no like we're gonna do this for each other like all of that is missing and I was like I want a guy like that that like players want to go to bat for and like want to see succeed just as much as they want to see themselves succeed and it like all goes into like a culture loop and that's all they do but they don't have that at all they're just all kind of doing their own thing and don't really have a shit about everyone else it feels like yeah it's I mean I just something there is is completely broad for them to have that kind of because it like losing game six with your best player hurt and like completely gassed from like the second quarter is not the end of the world Miami's very good and they try like crazy every like all the time and, and they're a pain in the ass and Jimmy Butler had a great series but the way that they lost and that the second they got behind Mike, everybody's talking about, yeah, we actually, you know, the thing about this, we just didn't really try that hard. So yeah, if we had to do it over, we probably would have tried a bit. Um, that's like an issue. And that's, that's like something within the organization that really needs to be looked at because that's a problem. Um, and, I, and I don't know really like what they can do about that other than make massive changes. Like signing like David Nwaba as the eighth guy is not changing this in a massive way. Like you need real legitimate changes and, and Harden, it was, is even at his height was not Mr. Trier guy. So um, he's obviously not as at his height anymore. And and listen, if you're somebody who believes it was all the hamstring, God bless, like, you know, I don't know. Um, But right now it looks bad. Uh, after the, uh, you know, Joel on, uh, on Harden, he said, obviously since I'm, since, uh, I'm sure since we got him, everybody expected Houston James Harden, but that's not who he is anymore. He's more of a playmaker. I thought at times as with all of us could have been more aggressive, um, that, you know, I I haven't seen that get like super headliney, um. Joel did say that they need more guys like PJ Tucker and, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, Daryl said the answer to the question of like, uh, you know, is Doc back next year? He said, yes. Uh, he said, uh, they said, why? Reporters <laughs> <laughs> basically like, why? Uh, he said, I just think he's a great coach and I love working with him. I think Elton and I uh, and him make a great team. And we're going to see where this journey takes us. Now, there have been reports somewhat conflicting after that. Now, the Lakers have been rumored for Doc. And I think they've been slow playing this search as they see what happens with him. They want like a veteran championship winner, uh, head coach to come in there and be with LeBron or whatever. Woj said that the Lakers are looming for Doc. And he said that... uh, the Sixers do want Doc to stay, but there could be a shakeup if the power players in Philadelphia can't agree on how things should look. Um, Chris Haynes for Yahoo said that the Sixers do not plan to meet with Doc to discuss his future and maintain that the franchise is committed to the, you know, to the head coach and will work to improve the roster. So I guess I don't know really, because there's a lot of smoke about the Lakers and they haven't really 
dug in too deep into their coaching search. And Doc definitely seems like a guy that they would go and get, you know, with LeBron and, and all of that. And maybe it's wishful thinking here. Daryl Morey is an absolute liar. And uh, he lies about everything. And, it, you know, uh, what do you think? Do you think that this is over with and, you know, Doc is just staying? Like, it just seems so blind to me. Now, there's a financial part of this where, first of all, I do think that Daryl likes Doc. And I think that uh, Daryl acolytes like to think that the only reason Doc is the head coach is because Harris paid him and that's it. Um, but I think that there's way more to like Daryl and Doc being joined at the hip. Um, but I have a hard time thinking that Daryl just watched that series and, and all of these quotes and is thinking like that there isn't more that needs to be made here. Doc was traded before the Celtics traded him to the Clippers. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Daryl would like to do that, but he's under contract an expensive contract now for a while. Like, what do you think? Do you think this is over and Doc is just going to stay the coach here? Um, or what? I think that if he was going to leave, it would have to be a mutual thing, certainly. They don't want to fire him and just pay out his contract. But um, if the Lakers came knocking, I think that he might be interested in going there because he loves golfing in L.A. So what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think I don't think they're going to fire him. Um, so if he doesn't want like if he doesn't want the L.A. job or they don't want him, I think he's back, um, unfortunately. But I don't, I mean, I think he would potentially want the LA job. Like who would want to, I guess the only thing is like, he's close to his grandkids here, but he's rich. He can fly across the country whenever he wants. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they have interest in LA that way he could maybe gone, but I don't really know. Um, is that like also like a, like a what's the word like um, an attractive opportunity like to coach like 45 year old LeBron James and let him run your team for you like these people really want to do that I don't really know yeah he just seems kind of over it in Philly you know like he, he yeah. doesn't see I mean he seems so miserable in all of his press conferences now like who knows but does if he he's like when is he ever seen in general him? yeah it's a great question um but I do think he loves LA so you know he was there for so long and coaching LeBron in general is probably just a thing that people want to do even if, even though it comes with the other stuff um I don't know I, I you know uh you know I, I had a hard time seeing them just firing him um, yeah but uh we'll see I hope it's not over and uh and uh I hope there's more to more to have more stuff from the uh, whatever exit interview day. Um, also, as tragic as it is and sounds like if he wanted to win another championship, I feel like his he has a better shot here than in L.A. Oh, yeah. The, the Lakers are like fuck. as terrible as possible. what I, if we just watched was like they're in a worse off position. So without a doubt. Um, Paul Reed, the one ray of sunshine i love him hellscape um was asked uh, about his uh, off-season goals he goals he wants to add 10 to 15 inches <laughs> to his vertical um which i think is pretty attainable right there um and the other side of the coin is that matisse thibault was asked if he would rethink his decision to not get vaccinated 
uh, with the power of hindsight, knowing how his vaccination status uh, impacted his playoff run and by his own admission, his confidence. He said he's content about his decision and has no regrets. Well, that's great. That's that's really nice to hear. Uh, I have to finish the Paul Reed quote about why he wants to add that many inches to his vertical. Oh, it's like dunking on folks, right? So yeah, so he can like get more rebounds and like dunk on more people. That's great. Um, I love it. Um, All right, we're going to take a break here and we're going to come back and uh, you'll hear an ad and we'll, we'll do some player grades and talk about where these Sixers can go from here. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We're back. Emily, let's go rapid fire here with some player grades from this season, which ended. Oh, also, uh, Jimmy Butler had a few things to say, which uh, he really hadn't done much much talking during the series he waited until the end one thing he said is that you know he and joel just adore each other and he said he wishes that he was still joel's teammate so this has led to a lot of relitigating of of what happened back then that uh Yaron, who's a friend of the podcast your own right weitzman uh tweeted a thread about and then <laughs> and then as he's going to the locker room he screamed tobias harris over me um which it really was wasn't. A, it was. It was. It's a shot at Tobias. Him. That Poor straight Tobias. bullets. He, it was. was that was. Bullets. It really wasn't Tobias over him, but um, I can understand how one might think that. But it really was Ben over him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you end up feeling bad for Tobias, who couldn't be nicer and, and just like um, is is certainly in a different league than than Jimmy, who had a great series and. Yeah, Jimmy was sort of blowing kisses to the crowd there and, and uh, let him hear it. But uh, yeah, that fucking sucks how <laughs> that all turned out. And uh, that, that can be said about so many things. Um, player grades here. Let's just go through uh, some of our some of our key, key members of the organization here. Joel, uh, for the season, uh, Emily, he, oh yeah, we didn't even mention this, but he was second in MVP voting, which we, uh, I think, anticipated uh, and disagree with. I think it has to be an A, uh, for me at least. Uh, it's a bummer that, again, he gets hit with injuries uh, in the playoffs here. But, uh, you know, these were, these were like kind of freak injuries where he tears his thumb on a dunk and he gets elbowed in the eye and 
it sucks, but what can you do? And then he's like, he tried to gut through it as much as he could, but, um, you know, these, these are really hard ones. And, uh, and I really, as a fan, you certainly appreciate him giving all he has to get through this. And, and I don't think they win any games, certainly against Miami at all, uh, without him. So, so yeah, I, I, I give him an A. What about you? Yeah. A from me. He had a, and like, he was really healthy this season outside of getting COVID, like cruising the whole regular season, which is like, yeah. has never happened. And then he gets these like, and I think if it wasn't for the face, I think he would have been fine to play through that thumb and be productive the whole time. I just think, I mean, honestly, I think he's been cussed just like watching him <laughs> flop. I mean, I know he falls down to it's better for his joints and whatever, but he was just all over. And I was like, this man is like the one when he got hit and he went to stand up and he fell back down. I was like, this man cannot anymore. And I just, I feel bad for him. He had a really like a perfect MVP season. It was a beautiful thing to watch. James Harden, uh, Mm. Philadelphia tenure. Um, like a C minus. I mean, he had a couple good games. That's about it. I can think of like three good James Harden games. Um, I guess he's still hurt. I don't really know what he's doing. Um, he hasn't really been like a brought a lot of like leadership or like good vibes really. So he doesn't get any of those bonus points. He's just kind of he needs to do more if he wants to. Like, I don't know. I mean, I got, I, yeah, I think he's going to be on this team based on being James Harden, but like, I don't know if this matters to players, but if he like wants the city to like him, he's going to need to do more. Yeah. I think I would probably say C plus, you know, like the games in the playoffs just happen to matter more than the games in the regular season. And even the games in the regular season, he ended up feeling a little queasy about like why can't he get past people and and why can't he jump and and why is he scoring like 14 points and you know the passing is great the the passing is so good and the pick and rolls with Embiid were unstoppable and what he did with for Maxi was tremendous and like all of that I think is such a positive um but he was completely missing in the playoffs for most of it uh when they needed him and and by the way joel missed two games in the miami series and he didn't pick up the slack the way they needed him to and they were guarding him with multiple guys and all of that kind of stuff but like a lot of guys get guarded tough and a lot of guys get through it so uh yeah they need him to be better especially if they pay him what he wants to be paid and, and you know we'll talk about some of that but uh yeah, they need they need more out of him, uh, or they need to sort of pay him commensurate with this role, which is that of like a distributor um, for those other guys, because he's an excellent passer and you know organizer of the offense. But we'll see. You know, it was we were all hoping that he was just dogging it in Brooklyn towards the end, but I think he was either regressing or hurt or both. And, we're just going to see because I, I think he's almost certainly a sixer next year. Yeah. Um, 
Maxi. Um, I'm gonna give Maxi. If it's based on like his total body of work and his age and his jump and everything like that, I would give him an A if I'm just looking at him between like him and like player B, player C, and like who's the better player, I give him like a B. But like mostly an A, considering he's 21 years old. He was, you know, drafted in the 20s and he made this huge jump and he is a really good three-point shooter now. And he also like is so fast and has that like aggressive attacking nature and will just like let shots fly from wherever the hell he wants and has no fear. Um, all of that stuff plays in. And so I just, just an A cause he's a delight. <laughs> yeah. If we do it like relative to expectation, I think he's absolutely an A. I mean, the yeah. leap was huge, you know, for Simmons and, um, it was, uh, he was, uh, I mean, he was excellent, and uh, you know there were some playoff games where he disappeared for a while. But I, I just think that that's, you know, there were times that that he did not play well. But I think everybody on this list, you know, had that, and and that's why it's not an A plus. But um, I think he's an absolute star in the making. So uh, we certainly couldn't have said that last year, even if we were optimistic. Um, Tobias, for me is like a, I don't know, C plus, you know, like, like he was not good for most of the year. Uh, he figured it out at the end of the year with, and then he was really bad when Harden first got here, figured it out at the end of the year with Harden, was very good in the Toronto series, was mostly good in the Miami series. It's just not enough, you know, uh, you know, they, they need more from that salary. They need more from that is it or just different stuff from that position? You know, when you talk about toughness and like they need more of a Jay Crowder, like um, PJ Tucker, than they need a Tobias in that four position, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, he, uh, he was, he was, uh, he was fine. I think they'll try to trade him this offseason. I don't know if they'll be able to, um, but certainly a good soldier and, and did his best to figure it out with Harden and did a really good job of changing his game at the end of the year. But, but if you look at the year on the whole, uh, he was very frustrating to watch. Yeah, I agree. I would put him around like a C plus. Um, he also like that. It's hard not to be like marred by the most recent game. So like he wasn't good in game six, but he was good in all the other playoff games. And then the thing that sucks when you grade Tobias is because of that contract, you always kind of have to compare it. Now that that's his fault, like I would also sign a giant deal that I probably don't deserve. Um, but yeah, they just need, they need a different kind of guy. Like you said, at that, at that position, um, he's a good player, but we just need something more. Oh, I should should have said during the Maxi thing uh, that Doc choked up talking about uh, Maxi. Thought him a special kid, and that after the season, uh, uh, after Game Six, uh, Maxi called him at one a.m. Uh, uh, and he had to stop stop talking about it because he got choked up. Maxi had called him, I think, to apologize or ask him what he could do more, and and uh, whatever. So 
Yeah, apparently, I think something he said, like, what he can start working on, like, next week, and he was like, I didn't give him anything, because he needs to take more than a week off, so, yeah, Max is a gym rat, I love him. Yeah, Max is the best. Um, uh, We'll do one more Matisse Thibel, you know, for a guy who's, like, gonna make an all-defense team, um, which I, I'm pretty sure about just based on some articles I read. I think like he's a D, you know, like like just to improve nothing on uh, offense whatsoever, to be completely helpless out there, and then to get one of the shots and, and not get the other one and just forego your opportunity to play with your teammates in the first round is uh, wild. And um, yeah, I, you know, Completely disappointing year from him to the point where now he's eligible for an extension and I no longer really see him as a member of the future. Like they need two-way guys and guys who are more reliable in every possible way. And, and I don't really, I don't see it with him, which is a bummer because I think at one point you really saw him as kind of like expanding his game and even just getting to just like stand over there and make 31% of your shots. And, and he's not doing that and he's not, you know, you can't count on him. So it's a bummer that it turned like this for him. But, uh, you know, this yeah. is what it is. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, and even, like, at certain points in this, well, mostly in the playoffs, in the regular season, his defense was fine. But, like, in the playoffs, I guess, is it the shaken confidence? I don't really know. Like, he made some plays that were just, like, what are you doing? And, like, he wasn't as active as he was in the regular season. It was very weird. He did have, like, a couple – nice like steals and blocks and whatnot but yeah I just think like just all summer just stand in the corner and shoot threes and then like you it's like muscle memory you're a professional basketball player like if you that's what you practice like I just don't understand how you can't be better at it like they leave wide open all the time and it's like if they went in like you said 33 percent of the time that would be great just crack like I don't, I don't know I'm not a coach I don't make a gazillion dollars I just feel like you could stand in the corner all summer and try and shoot and shoot threes and you would get better at it that's not what practice makes perfect like I don't get it yeah I mean they they uh they were they were playing four and five when they put him in for Danny especially in that third quarter they were just guarding either Harden or Embiid with two guys and just ignoring Matisse completely and it's like, how are we this far into your career? You're not a guy like Simmons, who at least has the ball a lot and is a great passer. Like, he has no utility on that end whatsoever. So uh, it's just, you know, completely unraveled for him. So uh, I do think, though, he does have some value because I think the league thinks really highly of his defense. In my opinion, they think too highly of his defense because he's, you know, I think he's too erratic on that end, too. Um, but, yeah. So now finally, like some just initial thoughts, because we'll have a long time to talk about this. Like, where do they go from here? We both, I think, hope that they find a way to get Doc to LA um, and get somebody who's exciting in here. Don Staley would be great. Uh, open other options. Um, Harden is like, I think he's going to be here. I would love to have him, like if they can do a, Kyle Lowry kind of deal where it's like 20 million a year or something and I'd like to find a way to trade Tobias like break up the contract into smaller contract players who are you know 
fit the roster better. But like, I don't know, it's a big job for Daryl. And I don't think he's done an excellent job of, you know, filling out this roster from top to bottom so far. So what are your initial thoughts on like what they can do now? Yeah. Um, I agree with everything that you said. There's probably like three, like three to six guys on this team right now that I would be sad if they got rid of and everyone else can go. So I'm just really hoping for some like shakeups in the off season. I would kind of like this roster to look very different come the fall um, because this roster isn't it. So they need to figure, they need more depth, like desperately. The bench depth is terrible. They were, I was reading something or watching something and they were saying like, yeah, Doc Rivers doesn't like to go deep into his bench in the playoffs. And it's like, because he can't, like they are not good players. So we just, I would prefer for them to just like focus on that um, because between, you know, we got three or five starters locked down. Um, you're going to get, if you can trade Tobias, I feel like you're going to get a decent piece back for him. Um, and then I've, I, if Danny Green didn't get hurt, I would have loved to have Danny back. I like him a lot. Um, it really sucks to be like 35 and have a torn ACL. I don't know what's going to happen um, with that, but I just like him. Like he's the guy that you want Matisse to be like a good defender and can just knock down corner threes. Like it's your job because it is. So, um, and then I would like them to see, I would like Paul Rebassi a lot um, as the backup center. We don't need another backup center. Like just develop those guys. I don't, why wouldn't we give that a shot? I don't get it. So um, yeah. And it'd be great if doc would get out and go to LA. I don't really have like a coach that I would like to replace him with. I don't know. I think you just need like a good young, like assistant. Like I don't need a flashy coach. I don't need like a D'Antoni. I don't need any no, of that. I, I just want like I, a yeah. guy that is going to coach for like his job who like is getting a shot and let hopefully the guy can like relate to and like, like that's all I really want. <laughs> yeah. I don't need like to just be the Rockets with Joel. Like it gives me like weird feeling because like newsflash the rockets didn't win either so no and, and like i do think d'antoni's talented but like he's 75 and like if trying was like an issue like are they really getting up for d'antoni like, i don't know like i'm not saying it wouldn't work out and like i do think he's gonna get a job and i do think like he's overall a very good coach but like just here i i, I don't know i think stay committed to joel and like I don't know. I, I just, I would, I would rather find somebody who is like more of a diamond in the rough kind of thing than, uh, you know, retread at this point. Well, we had a lot of these uh, diamond in the rough in the rough guys on our coaching bench in the past couple of years. And we have Doc Rivers. So yeah, the well, Celtics are about to make the Eastern conference finals <laughs> with uh, one of them. So it'd be good. You may. Right. Well, another season in the books and uh no no championship here um go ahead and watch us on youtube the gastro blues pod uh sixers podcast uh follow the gastroenteritis blues or the gastro what the fuck is it gastro, gastro blues, blues pod, pod. 
Yeah. Uh, D.A. Pelt's 13, third and girl, Steve J. Littman. Um, that's it. Uh, we'll be back uh, whenever next week. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for being with us this year. Uh, as always, we'll have more stuff. Uh, sending questions if you'd like us to ask, ask you some ask each other some questions or like any weird things because we yeah. get tired and i don't need to talk about james harden's contract for no, every week yeah. for the next we're month about to hit, we're about to hit a fallow period here and, we like uh, games we like anything Oops. anything that's it be safe and be great thanks for uh thanks for everything goodbye <laughs>